This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello there. Happy Thursday. Well, happy Friday now, April 28th. This is supposed to be the Thursday episode, but you will be listening to it on Friday. They'll have another episode for my regular Friday um, edition of the show. Um, it's supposed to be um, a little earlier in the day on Thursday, but I had to stay a little late for work with the NFL draft. Um, so that took up a lot of my time. But we are still here with another episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. We have Jake Gensel's season review to go over in the first segment. Followed by a little bit of a mail, some mailbag questions, some really good questions thrown in there. And then we'll end the show with a little talk about the standing up playoffs, plus maybe a little more mock um, GM offseason. If I don't get to that for this episode, definitely I'll get to uh, um, what I would do on Friday and then probably in the next week as well. So stick around for all that coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Another great night. Sound like a playoff hockey. The NFL draft kicked off tonight. The Pittsburgh Steelers made a really nice selection with Broderick Jones from Georgia. For more on that, please go follow Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He does such a great job with the draft in the Steelers. And honestly, anything with the Steelers. He is awesome. And he's just a nice guy internally. I had the pleasure of meeting him in person once or twice. Please go follow his show, subscribe to it um, on YouTube, follow on Apple and Spotify if you don't already. He is tremendous. Now, jumping into our top, first topic for today, continuing our season reviews with the one and the only Jake freaking Gensel this season. You know, if you want to call it a down year, sure, 36 goals, 73 points in 78 games, only 11 power play goals, a little bit down. Um, compared to last year, but his shooting percentage was right on par with where um, it normally is. Yeah, well, it was, he shot 14.8% this year. His shooting percentage is 15.7, so I guess a little bit down, but still, um, it's kind of right in on, on line with it, with his career average. You know, last year had 40 goals, 84 points in 76 games, so a little bit below that this year. I did predict for him to score 50. I will take a little bit of an L on that, but, you know, he still had a pretty good season you know did he go you know quite a few games without goals you know yeah so there's that stretch in january where he went you know five or six games without a goal and then there's another stretch you know another stretch i should say um in january he only went you know had three goals and you know 13 14 games as i'm looking at it right now you know definitely did struggle at times this season but he was still consistent at the end 73 points 78 games is still very good production. Again, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to have 50, maybe have, you know, 40 assists come, come close to 90 points or something this season. But at the end of the day, I still think this is mostly a pretty successful season 
um, for Jake. I think everyone just thought he was going to score 50. And when he didn't, it was like, oh, it's just a bad season. When in reality, you know, 35, 36 goals, that's still pretty good um, in the league. And still 73 points is also good production for a top line winger. So I'm fine with the season that he had. His shooting percentage was, was good. His five on five goals per 60 didn't really change that much. His expected goals also didn't really change. You know, I have, you know, the numbers in front of me right now from natural stature. When he was on the ice, you know, the Penguins had 53.5% of the shot attempts. That's in line with his numbers from last year. Um, better than the year before that. His highest number came back in 2020 at 55%. Penguins also had um, 54% of the actual goals for a little step down from last season when the Penguins had almost 58% of the actual goals for, but still good. 68% of the expected goals the Penguins had when he was on the ice up from 60% compared to the season before that. And then Penguins, when he was on ice, the Penguins had 56.3% of the high danger chances. That um, is the highest it has been since 2019-20. And then 37 high danger goals for with Gensel on the ice, 26 high danger goals against. So again, all in all, you know, very good underlyings. Still a very strong season. It was good production at five and five. If there's one thing to nitpick a little bit, I guess I would say it was um, the power play goals. Only eleven of his thirty six came on the power play. You know, and it's good that he had twenty five five on five goals. You don't really want to be known, you know, when you're one of the best. I don't want to say this. You don't. You don't want the power play to just be your bread and butter or even just one thing, I should say. So I want, you know, I want him to factor in more on the power play next season. He did have, it does look like here, 23 um, power play points in total. So 23 of his 73 points um, came on the power play. So 50 even strength points. That, that is still very good. He had over 400 points this season. Congratulations to him. He'll come close to hitting 500 next season. He, uh, he'll actually have a shot at potentially hitting a thousand points by the time his career is over with how he's uh, trending right now. Um, this is a big off season for him. One more year left on that contract. He is due for a massive raise in like 6 million right now. Penguins. I'll say this. They have a decision to make here. I honestly think you can see the decision come this off season. I haven't touched on it enough, but you know, people have, you know, speculated about trade rumors involving him. I wouldn't shop him. If someone came calling, I would listen. Like, say, oh, hey, like, you know, what do you have to offer? Just, you know, for, you know, craps and gigs, you know. And if it's something bad, you say, oh, you know, I'm hanging up. He's a 50 goal. He's almost a 50 goal scorer. I'm not going to do that. But if it's something intriguing, you're like, okay, you know, maybe that could lead somewhere. You get like a really good haul in return. Again, I think that's probably more on the unlikely side. I would personally keep him. But, you know, if someone came calling me regarding a potential trade for Gensel, I wouldn't hang out. I would just see what they have to offer. Most likely it's not going to be equal value uh, for him. And, and, you know, that's how I would approach that. Um, and, but I also do think you could, you could see some, um, some contract extension talks with Jake. Whoever comes in here with a new management group, uh, he is going to command a high ticket. We'll just go back through. These, these seasons that he's had since 2016, 17, 16 goals, 33 points, 22 goals, 48 points, 40 goal season, 20 goals, 23, 40 goals, 36. He scored 30 plus goals in, you know, three out of his seven seasons, almost half. Those kind of goal scores do not come cheap in the, in the NHL. They don't. Would you all be surprised if Jake 
asked for eight million per on his next deal. I wouldn't like seven times eight, something like that. Honestly, I, I would consider giving that to Jake. I think he deserves it. He's one of the best goal scorers in this league. I think when he's in his prime, he's one of the five best goal scorers on the planet. And I will continue to die on that hill. You know, I guess again, if you want to call it a little bit of a down year for him, sure. But I still think overall, you know, 35, 36 goals is 35, 36 goals. 73 points is 73 points. So I don't know why I keep saying 35, 36. It, it is 36. What the hell I'm talking about? 36 goals, still 36 goals. 73 points is still 73 points. You know, Penguins have a real big decision to make on him this offseason. You know, maybe they punt the contract talks to next offseason after the season ends, assuming he's on the team, which I think he will be, um, I, if I had to guess. But that's that's the next big contract coming up here. You have the core locked up. Sid will obviously, you know, he has two more years left on his deal. That will be after the Jake extension, but you worry about one thing at a time. He, in terms of signing a player to an extension during the off season, he is the big priority. And no, I think they're going to think long and hard about giving him an extension because he has been everything as advertised since coming up from books. Honestly, everything and more, because I don't think anyone saw him being this freaking good after coming up from books there, but um, we'll be really curious to see about the expectations for next year if he's here. I expect 40, 45 goals. You know, maybe that could be a bit much, but he scored 40 twice already in his career. I think he can definitely do it again um, next season. Um, maybe I'll predict 50 again. Fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But I think you're going to see a big year from Jake Gensel, and I think you're going to see him produce a bit more on the power play as well. So let me know, would you potentially sign Jake to an extension this offseason? Let me know in the comments, or would you maybe entertain a trade offer for Jake if someone came calling with a really good offer? Again, I, I, I would listen. Would I do it though? Probably not, unless you get a really good return, but let me know your thoughts on that. Let me know what you think on a Jake extension as well, plus your expectations for him next season. So that would wrap up this first segment of the show. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get to your mailbag questions. We're going to get into all of that. But before we get into it, we do have to discuss if this wants to load here. My wonderful. I'm guessing my, inter- well, well, this is what happens when I think I have Jedi Survivor downloading um, at the same time that I'm recording. Yes, I am very psyched um, for this game. But before we get into our next segment, we do have to discuss Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, and that's Built. You have to try this. If you're like me and you want to get healthier and you know make better snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think they're good for you. And again, you have to try this. You're probably wondering what makes them so good. Well, for stars, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and that's right. Real chocolate, and they come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. And now you don't even need to wait. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today or your Sam's Club. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars and go get cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff you can thank me later when it comes to that all right i'm back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host 
Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Elmer Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into um, our mailbag questions here. A couple, some really good ones, I should say, here that we got. Um, a few, but they're, they're still good. Um, Yins, Shop Yins, who of course um, is Taylor. He does a great, you know, if you don't have any of his shirts, you you need to go buy one. You know, you can follow the account at Shop Yins, S-H-O-P-Y-I-N-Z-Z. He does a great job. Um, trust me, you, you want to buy one of his shirts or one of his hats. He goes, tell us what team you think is the biggest rival. And if different, what team do you dislike the most? Okay. Um, biggest rival. That's a good question. It honestly, it varies. I don't think, you know, I think deep down it will always be the Flyers that are the Penguins' biggest rival. But in terms of the biggest rivalry right now, they're pro- it's probably not the biggest rivalry. I would go the Rangers right now. There's just a nat. It's just nasty. Whenever those two teams play, the fan bases eat each other alive. Washington, the Capitals will always be up there too. You know, they play some very mean-spirited games against each other. The fan bases also don't like each other. But right now, if you're ranking which rivalry is the best, I would say Rangers followed, uh, followed by the Caps. And then maybe I'd have the Flyers. You know, a lot of these rivalries come and go. Like, for example, 2012, when that Flyers-Penguin series was at, was at its height, you know, yeah, it, there's going to be a time where I think the rivalry gets close to that. Uh, again, the Capitals, it's gone down a little bit in the last couple of years, but they're still up there. And then the Rangers, after being a little dormant for a lot of years, it's really ratcheted up these last couple of years. So right now, I would say the Rangers are their biggest rival. It's the biggest rival right now. But deep down, I think in most fans' hearts, it'll probably be the Flyers. In terms of team I dislike the most, um, you know, I'll say this. When I was a kid, hated the Flyers. I, I, you know, I was, I was a menace during that series against them in 2012. Uh, <laughs> I, whew, I, uh, you know, I probably said some stuff back then that was pretty bad. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. I think my whole family did, to be honest. I think, I think a whole lot of people out there said some stuff that was bad. Um, there, that was a nasty rivalry. I, I, I hated them as a kid. Um, right now, if I guess I had to say, I, I guess I, if I dislike the team, it's the Rangers more. But you know, back when I was a kid, when I was, you know, obviously I cover the team now. But, um, but who? I, I I hated the Flyers as a kid, hated them, and I'm sure I'll you know I'll sure I'm I'll carry a little bit of that um for the rest of my life. Um, Alan Teodor asks, why didn't Flurry? Um, we have to have the annual Flurry question come into our mailbag. Why didn't Ron Hexall try to bring Flurry back since Flurry fits his old guys thing he was going for? <laughs> That's a good question. Would you be in that? So the first thing th- that is funny, Alan. I will say that it definitely fit. His MO, I think it was probably because the Wild were in the playoff race and they just didn't want to give up on him, even though Philip Gustafson was taking over the net. You know, a lot of times in the playoffs, you need two goalies to succeed. You're seeing that right now. Um, in New Jersey, Carolina might go to Frederick Anderson. The Panthers have started Lyon and Bobrovsky. Those are just a few off the top of my head. Boston has Allmark and Swayman. They've both started Allmark for most of their games. You still need two competent goalies. So I don't think that's why that's why they dealt him in it. And then he asks, would you be okay with Flurry and Jari being the goalies if they split the time 50-50, maybe 55-45? Honestly, Alan, no. 
Uh, I don't really want Mark andre Fleury back here next season. I think him and Jari, that's like just a weird tandem. Uh, Fleury did not really have a good year this season. Um, you saw him play a little rough in the playoffs. He's just a little too old for my liking now. Obviously, I know everyone wants him to come back here, you know, have that, you know, walking off into that sunset moment. I know. I get it. But I just don't think it makes sense for the team right now. I think you got to go younger in goal. you got to go for someone who has better numbers. You know, I know Flurry wouldn't cost you too much right now, but I still think you got to go for someone who has better numbers and who's a bit younger. And I think if you get older there and you have Jari there, um, I'm just not really a fan of that. And also, I think it's just awkward for Jari. You know, I know that may sound weird to some people, but, you know, anytime Jari starts and he gives up a goal, can, can you guess how many Flurry chants are going to be coming in? A whole lot. <laughs> a lot. Trust me. Um, and then Jess Penguins asks, how many goals will Troy Terry get on line with Sid and Jake next season? That would be, a, you know, I would guess if Troy Terry came here, I would guess at least 20. You know, I mean, Brian Russ had 20 this season. That was kind of a down year for him. I expect him to be a bit better next season. But I, I would think Terry would light it up here. I would go at least 20. Um, he's been a, a, a sensation for the Ducks over these last couple of seasons. And, you know, I, I don't think enough people have actually realized, you know, just how good Troy Terry has been on a really, and I mean a really bad Ducks team. I'm going to pull up the numbers here. We all know just, just this season, 23 goals, 61 points in 70 games. That's on one of the worst teams in the league. Before that, 37 goals, 67 points in 75 games. Wow. You know, around you, this was a fifth round pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Before these last two seasons, he had a, a grand total of 15 goals in three in three combined seasons. Yup. <laughs> he came out of nowhere, but no, he would, he would have at least 20. I would honestly go 25 to 30. Um, Jeff, I think he would, he would be a great fit um, with Sid and Jake. And then you, if you want, you can bump Raquel down or something like that. And he goes, and why will Hamilton be the perfect part pairing for Latang? Um, that would be such a slam dunk, man. I mean, I, I like obviously what Brian Dewan brought to the table when he was in his prime, but he was never that good of an offensive defenseman. Hannafin, you get the full freaking package. You get someone who can defend well in his own zone, who can cover up for some of Latang's mistakes, and you get someone who can push the pace of the play up the ice, has a great first pass out of his zone, can also you know move the puck out of the zone, beautiful zone entries, great shot, great vision in the offensive zone. He is a do-it-all defenseman on the left side. He would be awesome for Latang. Perfect trade partner right there in the Flames. One year left on his contract. Penguins will be able to afford it. I don't think he's going to cost too, too, too much. It'll probably cost you a decent amount, but I think the Penguins, they should definitely, I think they could definitely make that work. He is a slam dunk. As as you can play him on the, you put him on the second power play unit, you put him on your PK. He can play in any situation you ask of him. That is one of my main targets. Also, I'll say I've heard a couple of whispers that Mike Sullivan really likes Ryan Graves, and I could, you know, we could see the Penguins going after him in free agency for a left shot D. Wouldn't be surprised at that. I think he would be a really good addition. Dimitri Orlov, as I talked about um, on my Wednesday edition of the show, they will have their options in terms of left shot, a left shot D um, for next season. And then Scott McGregor asks, "Hey Hunter, love the show and the love the content you provide on the Penguins. Um, first off, really appreciate that." He goes, "I love to impress. I love to know who impressed you this season on the Penguins." And do you see that player returning to the team come next season? Okay. 
Wow. Who impressed me? It's a good question. You know, I think a lot of players. Um, Ricard Raquel obviously was outstanding. He exceeded my expectations for the season, had almost 30 goals. I Obviously, I expect him to be back. Jason Zucker, you know, he actually lived up to my expectations. I said 25 to 30 goals. He did. TBD on whether he returns, though if I had to guess right now, I will say he returns. Just a hunch. Just a hunch I have. Um, I will also say Drew O'Connor really impressed me this season. Just remember a couple seasons ago when he kind of looked like a borderline AHL player up here? You know, he's developed really nicely for the Penguins. And I really liked his fit in the bottom six. I think if there's at least only, if there's one player from this year's bottom six to bring back for next season, it's Drew O'Connor. I do expect him to be here um, for next season. But those those are the ones that, you know, really stood out to me as actually impressed me. Obviously, the co- other core guys, you know, they impressed me as always. But those are the three that really jump out at me when I think about who impressed me. And also, I will say Marcus Patterson. Shout out to him. Best season of his career, bar none. It's a shame that we couldn't see him play in the playoffs he took his offense, you know, to another level, and his defensive work was also outstanding. He and he will be back next season. There's, there's no way he won't be, um, unless the new GM is just galaxy brainless himself. But really appreciate those mailbag questions that you all sent in. Coming up to end the show, we're going to touch on the Stanley Cup playoffs, so updates from the Thursday night games, and why the Maple Leafs curse lives on at least for now. But you know, <clears throat> we, we, we got to see what happens with that, people. It, oh, they they love to torture their fans. But before we get into that, we do have to touch on eBay Motors. For championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that part will fit. Or you can get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter, Alan Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. I'm recording this as the Jets are pulling their goalie with eight minutes to go. Looks like we are finally going to get <laughs> someone's response. Is great. We're finally going to get our first um, team to be eliminated from the playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to advance to the second round. Congratulations to them. Better team in this series by far. Winnipeg gave them a little bit of a fight in a couple of games, but the Knights are too good. Uh, a Knights-Oilers series sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? That would be some good hockey. Stone's back. Vegas can defend. Their goalie is good. I think that would be a really fun series between those two teams if we get it. Um, the Rangers got absolutely embarrassed by the Devils, and what a comeback it's been by the Devils. I am stunned. You know, when they went down 0-2, I'm like, this is like Penguin Senators 2007. But the Devils woke up. You know, they were looking like frauds, but they said, you know what? That's not us. And they have kicked the Rangers' butts three games in a row. Game game three was close. That game went to overtime. The Rangers, I thought, played decently well in that game. But these last two especially, the Rangers have gotten their butts whooped. And... I'll say this. I think the Rangers could be looking at a coaching change if they lose this series on a Saturday. 
if they if they lose this series in any in any of these next two games, I think they might be looking at coaching change. I don't. I think the fans are kind of done with Gerard Gallant. You, you know, you blow four out of five to a, a young Devils team that hadn't been in the playoffs since 2018. That's their lone playoff appearance since 2012. Especially after you go up two zero and you look dominant like that. I don't know how Chris Shuri and some of the Rangers um, decision makers are going to really like that because the Rangers had high expectations going to the playoffs. You have the goalie, you have the top six, the depth is pretty good. You have Adam Fox on your back end. Keanu Miller is playing decently well too. You know, you should not be playing like this, even though the devils are good and they are, they are really impressive. You shouldn't be putting two straight garbage efforts out there like that with your, you know, basically your season on the line, but game six Saturday at Madison square garden, that should be a fun one to watch. Toronto, was the curse going to be broken? No. You you all know. This is 2023. Of course the Leafs are not going to make it easy on themselves. They lose 4-2. to two. They're out three games to two, going back to Tampa Bay. Oh, does this end with a game seven back in Toronto yet again? I think you all know might be the answer. I think you all know the answer to that question. <laughs> Oh, the fans—they just love to torture their fans. I don't know how—I don't know how they do it, but that should also be a fun game. You know, the Lightning played well tonight. Their backs were against the wall. Vasilevsky had his best game of the series by far. So that'll be one to look forward to. Then again, Vegas is about to win their series. Um, we'll have to see if Dallas can take out Minnesota in St. Paul. Dallas, you know, had that very dominant win. In Game 5, Carolina will look to beat the Islanders on Long Island this weekend. It might be starting Frederick Anderson, it looks like, as well. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think they just don't want to play on Toronto too much. So, I mean, I guess I understand it a little bit, but so kind of weird. Um, but, you know, this, is, this has been fun. You know, every series outside of Vegas, Winnipeg is going six games, at least. And I believe I heard that stat tonight from um, Brenda. I, I think it was Steve Levy that had it on ESPN2 during the Rangers-Devils game. I think he said this is only the fifth time that we've seen seven out of the eight series go six or more games in the first round. That's crazy to think about. You know, they, These series have been very competitive. This is one of the best first rounds I've ever had the privilege of watching. Actually, it's a lot of good hockey every night. And hey, you know, it obviously sucks that the Penguins are playing. It's weird for you. It's weird for me. But, damn, if I'm not having fun watching it, I hope you all are too. Trust me, tune into these games. It is a lot of fun. I love talking about them on the show. I know I know, it's not Penguin-centric stuff, but I love following the league as a whole. I like staying up to date and refreshed on the players and the teams and all that so I can give you the best analysis that I can, you know, whenever the Penguins play these teams um, during each season. So, it's a lot of fun. But, that does it to end this um, episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I'll be back in a few hours after you listen to this one with a full Friday edition of the show. So think of this one as a late Thursday night into Friday one, and then the next one will be the true Friday edition of the show. So again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all in just a few hours. Talk to you then.